And there you have it. The head coach of the SEC champions, Steve Spurrier. He did it on the field last year with the best record in the league. He's done it for the record books in 1991. Clay Everett is out there and... Oh, he got it! And oh! Florida fans from now on will remember the 1991 team. The Lord has smiled on us all season, and that last drive, he smiled on us again. Hey Gator fans, this is Hayes Carlyle and welcome into another edition of Celebrating 91. And uh, we certainly appreciate our friends at the law firm of Harrell and Harrell for sponsoring Celebrating 91. Holton Julie Harrell, huge Gator fans, uh, and uh, bringing you another Gators podcast for the second straight summer. Uh, Harrell and Harrell. Hopefully you won't need them, but if you're ever injured, give them a call at 251-1111. Jacksonville firm through and through. Holton Julie Harrell, great people, and they'll take great care of you. Um, well, this is the one that uh, I've been looking forward the least to doing um, because it was such a, a painful afternoon for us Gator fans. Here we are feeling great about Florida, just absolutely destroying Alabama, 35 to nothing uh, in the swamp, uh, record crowd, over 85,000. And now Florida heads up to Syracuse. And I didn't remember this, but Syracuse was really pretty good that year. I, I remembered it sort of like, okay, we just beat Alabama 35 nothing, and now we're, we've got to make a little trip up to Syracuse and dispatch this team uh, with, with no problem, and then we'll come back to Gainesville and, and continue the quest to win the school's first official SEC title. Uh, Syracuse had other plans, and this is when Florida started to become the hunted a little bit uh, because this was the first time that I think an opponent had really had something planned for Florida early and hit them with it. And again, that's that wasn't Florida's identity. Florida wasn't this you know mega power uh, really at any point in their program's history. And uh, the game starts, and Florida kicks off to Syracuse, and Gator fans are going to know this name. Kirby Dardar takes the reverse handoff on the opening kickoff and goes 95 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Syracuse gets out to a 28-7 to lead and ends up winning the game 38 to 21 the Gators did make it close for a while 28 21 game but Syracuse outscored them 10 nothing in the fourth quarter Florida just couldn't get Syracuse off the field uh, they ran for 250 yards uh, and uh, Marvin Graves the Syracuse quarterback was just efficient enough um, to keep uh, keep a balanced offense keep the the orange out there on the field uh, he was 13 to 16 for 162 yards and two touchdowns um, and, uh, and it was a tough day for the Florida offense. Shane Matthews sacked five times, uh, threw for 347 yards, which at the time uh, was the fifth best total in school history. But, uh, but just an atrocious day for Florida on the ground because of the sack yardage. Florida ends up running for minus 17 yards, the worst performance on the ground in school history. Uh, so a day to forget for Gators. But look, we're going to embrace the totality of the 91 season. So we are going to talk a little bit about the Syracuse game with somebody that was there and our good friend Gene Fournette, the columnist at the Times Union, uh, was the columnist at the Times Union then in 91 and, and remains so today. And uh, he is kind enough to give us uh, his perspective from covering the game at the Carrier Dome. So without further ado, here is Gene Fournette. 
Gene Fernet now joining us on Celebrating 91. Gene Fernet, as you guys know, the longtime columnist at the Florida Times Union, does a sensational job, and we really appreciate his time. Gene, uh, great to be with you today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Gene, first off, let's just fill people in. I, obviously, a lot of people in our area have read you for decades and, and know your background, but for those that don't, uh, when did you start covering sports in, uh, in, in this area, and uh, what was sort of your first exposure to, to Florida football? I uh, started covering in 1981. I was hired as the prep writer at the old Jacksonville Journal and covered high schools for a couple of years and, uh, you know, covered JU basketball for about four years. And then uh, I, I was the actual beat writer for Florida for one season in 80, 1987, which was a great year because, you know, they got to go to Hawaii for the uh, Aloha <laughs> Bowl, Lake City and Omaha for the College World Series. But I had been to some Florida games prior to that uh, to cover them, uh, for, you know, sidebar type things. You know, like uh, I still remember one of the loudest times I've ever seen Florida field. And I know people talk about Florida State games, things like that. But really one of the loudest I've ever seen was when they beat Southern Cal uh, in 1982. I think it was uh, 17 to 9. And Charlie Pell led the players in a parade celebration around the stadium. Oh, wow. They went around the stadium after the game. And I've never seen anything like that since. Uh, so that, that to me, was a, uh, a huge moment in uh, the turnaround of Florida's football program. Yes, I know they got caught, saddled with all kinds of NCAA violations and things like that. But that game at home against Southern Cal, to me, signaled the turnaround of Florida football, even though they went through some NCAA transgressions in the 80s. Uh, so, and then I, you know, I got to cover them, uh, of course, as the beat writer in 87. And, of course, as the columnist, you know, I would, you know, quite often go to uh, Florida games, including uh, including road games. And that, that Syracuse game in 91 uh, was certainly a memorable one. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, and unfortunately, we're going to get to it here in a minute um, because it's one that, that Gator fans would, would just likely to forget. But it's part of this uh, celebrating 91. And, and so we're going to dive into it. But, uh uh, but before we get to that, Gene, how would you describe the Florida program before Spurrier's arrival? Well, it certainly had some, you know, moments of uh, that were worth highlighting in the 1980s. That 1984 team, you could make an argument with the best team in the country that particular year. They did win the New York Times uh, uh, service poll that, that particular year. Uh, but, you know, they were also uh, under some, uh, you know, very stiff very stiff sanctions, and you know certainly I, I, I still remember Kelly uh, Kelly uh, famous quote in Sports Illustrated: it, 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 all, "It was all so unnecessary." Talking about you know all the violations and the uh, and the cheating that had gone on, meaning that he, he could have won without it. And uh, you know, but that, that 1984 team went nine one and one. Uh, you know, lost the early season game to Miami and Tampa. And then tied LSU uh, the following week, and then won every game after that. Uh, 85 team, same thing. Uh, uh, had a tie early on with a stunning tie with Rutgers early on. You know, lost to uh, lost to Georgia that year. But uh, you know, I mean, they had some. You you could sort of see that the sleeping giant that Paul Bear Bryant called Florida way back in the day was starting to awaken a little bit, but it wasn't really fully awakened, awakened until Spurrier got there. 
And so Spurrier gets there, and in 90, they obviously win the SEC in his first year, but they can't keep it, as they as they know. Uh, so the 91 team brings a lot of guys back. What, From your recollection, what was the expectation heading into that 1991 season for the Gators? Well, obviously the expectations had totally changed because of what Steve Spurrier did in his first year there. You know, I mean, you know, we, you know, we fired that first salvo in his opening game was, you know, beat Oklahoma State 50-7. to And, of course, Florida fans had never seen an offense, you know, quite so pyrotechnic as that one, right? And, you know, and that was demonstrated throughout that year. Now, yes, they did get hammered that last game of the year by uh, uh, by Florida State, and they got hammered in Knoxville. Those were their two losses that year. Uh, but you know they were scoring. You know they were scoring in the in, in the 40s and 50s on a fairly regular basis. And then so coming into that 91 season, it's Spurrier's program already established. The expectations were uh, were quite high, and uh, you know and it, and and the tone was set the week before the Syracuse game. And this is the and you know people can have their own opinions about what the loudest they've ever heard Florida feel. The loudest I ever heard it was for the 35 nothing win over Alabama the previous week before Syracuse. That was actually a very tight ball game. I believe it was like six to nothing in the third quarter. It was a very defensive-minded game, and then Florida just broke it open late in the third quarter in the fourth and ended up winning 35 nothing. And I mean to tell you, Florida field was loud uh, that day, and of course it didn't have the capacity that it does now, but. Uh, uh, in terms of vocal cords uh, being expended that day, that 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 was that was that was pretty memorable. I do remember how loud Florida Field was that day. Yeah, no question. I was I was 15 and and at the game, and it was uh, it was unbelievable. Do you think that that played a role in kind of the no show in the Carrier Dome? I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, uh, you know, Florida was probably, you know, feeling pretty full of itself, right? You beat Alabama 35 to nothing, you know, and then you, you're going up to Syracuse, which is a very foreign territory for Florida to go. You're in the Carrier Dome, you know. I mean, how often does, uh, unless they go, unless they they weren't making regular appearances in the Sugar Bowl back then, so they weren't used to being playing in a dome atmosphere, particularly when it's a true road road game, right? So uh, they were most definitely ambushed uh, that day at, at the Carrier Dome. I would say in Spurrier's 12 years at Florida, the two times that I think he felt most humbled after a football game, and you know, you know, maybe he wouldn't want to admit this so much when he lost to FSU, right, to the regular rivals. But I would, the two times that I can remember him being incredibly humbled after a game the Syracuse and the 62-24 loss in Nebraska to the Bowl. Those those two games stand out in my mind. Where uh, you know, I, I think Steve is about as, as humble as he's ever been by an opponent. Yeah, it's a great point because what what I didn't remember about Syracuse that year until going back to look at it, they were 18th in the country. So it wasn't like I kind of remembered it as you know Syracuse wasn't very good and and Florida lost to a a, a really bad team, but. Uh, you know, but but they were they were a very good club. They were uh, again 18th going into the game. Um, and uh, it, did you get a sense uh, beforehand? Did, did you have any indication that maybe this would be a a, a tricky one for uh, for the Gators? Yes, I did. 
course, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm from up in, the, in uh, I'm, I'm from up in New England, so I'm a little bit familiar with, uh, you know, the Syracuse football history. Now, now, granted, Syracuse was not very good for, I would say, uh, a good part of the, uh, of the 1980s. I mean, they were, or, or, or even the 70s, for that matter. Uh, they, they, you know, they, the Ben Schwartz all their years were well behind them. Uh, but Dick McPherson came in in the early 80s and just ever so gradually, I mean ever so gradually, kind of built that program up a little bit so that by the time that Florida played them, they had had, an, you know, they, they, they were like a number four team in the country in 1987. They went undefeated that year. They went 11-0-1. Then they went 10-2. and And then it was like 8-4 and 7-4. And, and, and then – came upon the 91 year after McPherson had left, but McPherson had built up the program. And so that was Paul Pasqualoni's first season. And yeah, yeah, he had a, he had a really, really good team. I just don't think anybody saw how good until that Florida game. You were in the building that day. Uh, we hear it, it, it radiated off the TV. The 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 loud uh, crowd. Uh, they had. A, I thought it would be more. They had uh, forty nine thousand eight hundred twenty three fans in in the dome that day. Uh, but but what was it like being in the building and in in the atmosphere? Uh, it, uh, it was incredible. Uh, the noise factor. I think. I, I don't think any question was huge because look, when you're in a dome, everything amplifies more. I mean. It, it, if it had been an outdoor stadium, probably not as much, right? Because, like you said, there's only forty nine thousand. But because it's in a because all that noise is contained. I mean, Syracuse got as got as high as number ten that year. They finished twenty fifth in the country that year, I believe. Uh, even though they had a very good record of ten and two, but they were only twenty fifth, I believe. Uh, uh, but I mean, they came out against Florida, and you know, Florida just got like hit by a sledgehammer early, and they were playing uphill the entire game. Uh, Syracuse had this uh, uh, freeze option offense, and, and that's what it did. It froze the Gator defenders in their tracks. I remember Brad Culpepper after the game, you know, he said uh, his memorable quote was, they put us in places we didn't want to be. They stretched us out more than any team ever had. And then, of course, there was the money quote from from from, from Spurrier after the game when he says, we got, we got our we got our we got a, a good tail kicking royally. That was the, I think that was one of his opening quotes in the opening statement. Uh, you know, he said they looked like the number five team in the country. We, we looked like 50 or so. We stunk the joint out today. We got our butts whipped, and I didn't have any answers. Well, <laughs> that's about as humbling as you can get, right? Yeah, no question about it. And it, it was one of those things, too, with, I mean, Kirby Dardar returns the opening kickoff 95 yards on a reverse handoff. Uh, and right. it and it was just like college football to me is one of those sports that sometimes just from the the, the first you know opening minutes of a game you can just sort of get a sense of uh oh and uh, it just felt like that day that was an uh oh moment this this might be more than than what we thought and you look up and Syracuse is up twenty eight seven yeah the Florida Florida was you know they couldn't stop the, they couldn't stop Syracuse's running attack. I mean, Syracuse ran for 272 yards that day. Uh, yeah, Marvin Graves, the quarterback, you know, he was pretty good. I think he threw for about a buck seventy. Uh, but it, it, it was the option running game that 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 won that game for Syracuse. And 
and Florida simply wasn't ready for it. It just did not, uh, you know, Spurry admitted they got out coached badly and they weren't, uh, you know, UF, you know, Shane Matthews was throwing virtually the whole game. You know, he threw for 300 plus yards, but he also got sacked, I think, five times. Florida had only like uh, minus 17 yards rushing. Folks, the sack totals figure into that. But, uh, you know, Florida, the whole game was, you know, they would play from two touchdowns down and they'd get it within one. I think they got it within 28-14. They got it within 28-21. But then Syracuse would always respond right back with a score. And uh, uh, they got a touchdown. They got another field goal at the end where they controlled the clock. and They ended up winning 38-21. to But, yeah, I mean, you get the feeling the whole day, from the, actually from the opening kickoff, and then when they had the follow-up score, you knew it was an uh-oh day for Florida. And uh, uh, maybe it's not a shock that Florida hasn't played north of the Mason-Dixon line in the 30 years since then. Yeah, no question. And then when you look at, uh, obviously it was a wake-up call. The Gators then go on to basically destroy everybody in the SEC. They then uh, beat an excellent Florida State team 14-9 to uh, to win their first title, uh, get to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, what, what do you think is, is the legacy of the 91 Gators team? Probably that they set the tone for the SEC dominance for the rest of the decade. I mean, Florida won four consecutive SEC championships from 93 to 96. 92 team was... 92 team was really Spurrier's only so-so team in his entire uh, tenure there. Uh, every other team was either winning SEC championships or right there, you know, contending for them. That 92 team was the only one where you kind of felt like, okay, this this doesn't look quite like all the other Spurrier teams. But that 91 team, I mean, the defense on that team was exceptional. I mean, you hold a... a uh, a team like Florida State, I think uh, I think that was a Casey Weldon quarterback team in 91. You hold them to nine points. I mean, you shut out LSU at LSU. Granted, LSU was then what they are now, but you still shut them out on the road. You go to Auburn, you win 41 to, uh, 31 to 10 there. Um, Kentucky was a little bit dicey at home, 35.6. You, you know, they wall up Georgia here in Jacksonville. And, uh, you know, they just dominated the rest of that season until they went to the Sugar Bowl and uh, Notre Dame and Jerome Bettis had a little something for them in New Orleans. Yeah, no question about it. Well, Gene, great stuff, man. It was uh, a pleasure uh, to hear you bring your expertise. That's awesome that you were there that day in the in the Carrier Dome. And uh, it wasn't great, wasn't a great day for the Gators, but uh, obviously some good things came of it uh, as they went on to, to win their first official SEC title. But, Gene, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate your time today. No problem. Hey, take care. Really appreciate Gene's time. And again, want to want to thank the, the law firm of, of Harrell and Harrell for sponsoring Celebrating 91. Great people. Holt and Julie Harrell. I went to high school with them. I've known them forever. Genuinely great people. They're going to take great care of you. Hopefully you won't need them. But if you're ever injured, call Harrell and Harrell at 251 111 one one and uh yeah it was uh it's a day that the good news is this episode is over and uh we won't have to talk about another gators loss until the finale which i will probably mention in one sentence and quickly move past but um but anyway so it'll be uh it'll be fun episodes moving forward but again this loss to syracuse it obviously sparked 
the Gators, it'll be interesting talking in future weeks uh, about you know what kind of effect this loss had on uh, on the team. Uh, next week's guest will be Gators quarterback Shane Matthews, uh, Gators legend, and uh, one of my all-time favorite players. So I can't wait to talk to Shane Matthews next week. Uh, is we'll be talking about the Mississippi State bounce-back win. Uh, is Florida. Uh, wins that game 29 to 7 so that'll be a lot of fun but uh but yeah Syracuse 38 Gators 21 um tough day at the Carrier Dome but again uh just uh uh, uh one little small setback on the road to a championship for the 91 Gators that were having such fun celebrating the 30th anniversary of their triumph so that's going to do it for us this is Hayes Carlion thank you for listening to Celebrating 91 on 1010XL.com